0: So, Christine, welcome to the show. Welcome to my little whiskey office. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, Mitch.
0: This is kind of like, a, I suppose, not an honour. Maybe it's, um, you know, most people we, we have on Zoom. <laughs> This is the first interview I've done in my office here, so.
1: Then I feel very honoured actually to be here. It's not, not really that much.
0: <laughs> but the good thing is we drink get to drink a load of whiskey from the whiskey wall behind us.
1: Oh, we do, and guys, it is impressive. And, Just putting that out there.
0: <laughs> and, and we kind of went down the theme of your not home country, but home area, let's say, because you are from Denmark originally, mm-hmm. yeah. and we're drinking some Kura, which isn't Danish, but it is from Finland, so. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of the Cura before we get into everything else?
1: I think it's absolutely beautiful. I um, I, I love rye whiskey. I will say that first and foremost, and I love how this just. I've only had one sip of it so far, but.
0: So we're on the Cura Cura mm. Smoky. Mm. Rye whiskey. It's
1: absolutely beautiful. It just what I love about a lot of rye whiskies is that it kind of coats your palate like a silky duvet. And it mm. just stays there, but it's a, there's a bit of spiciness in the end of it as well that kind of kicks you. It's a very, very good balance, very enjoyable. I do definitely. I, I, I love
0: your taste in notes, and that's one thing I've noticed since hanging out with you a bit that you do really good tasting notes. So <laughs> let's let's chat about your background with whiskey. I mean, right now one of your Jobs is within Johnny Walker and Princess mm-hmm. Street. We're going to get on to the, 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 the music and whiskey thing, which we're going to dig really deep into in just a second. But how do you, tell us your backstory, like elevator pitch. How did you get into whiskey? How did it all happen for you? Uh,
1: honestly, it could not have happened in a more romantic way. I did my first trip to Scotland when I was 18. I got invited to be a waitress for one week at a hunting castle. It was outside of Glasgow. I can't remember exactly where. And I had my first true whiskey experience there. I had a LeFroid 10. It's
0: mm. so like a baptism of fire right now. <laughs> it
1: was. And I remember I had it. And I thought, this is like licking an ashtray where people have been smoking cigars, but I kind of like it. And then I just went from there. <laughs> and peated whiskeys have really been at the heart of what I, what I like. But then I, you know, then years after, I co founded a whiskey club back in Denmark and was with that for four years. And, well, you say, it's funny you say that thing about my tasting notes because whenever we had a whiskey on, that was a bit odd. The guys would literally lean in and go, so, Christine, what do you think about it? (laughs) And I would say weird stuff like, um, this is kind of like... uh, sitting by a bonfire at the beach where you have a house full of smoked fish next to you, but it has kind of a sweetness to it as well. Nice. And uh, most of them would go like, okay, you just stuck your head in the moss again. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I made a career out of it. So. But, no, I think I think
0: it's really important. Like when you, you're you able to articulate what's in a whiskey and, and, and what you're nosing and what you're tasting, it's a, it's, it's a valuable asset because not everyone can do it. And it is a skill. Mm. And it's a skill that gets learned over time. Um, so, you, you did this, the Whiskey Club and then you find yourself in Scotland. How did that come around?
1: I've actually wanted to, I would say just one note about the whiskey notes in general is that um, I do a lot of foraging and I love cooking mm. and I love good food. So, I think having that c- just curiosity about different scents and essentially sometimes turning into a child again and going out and exploring things is quite important when it comes to nosing whiskies and that's why I say when I do whisky tastings as well it's just to have that element of curiosity with you. So like I said my first trip to Scotland was when I was 18 and then I gave myself a trip here when I was 23, finished my bachelor's degree and then my my plan was to move to Scotland in 2020 (laughs) And bad all, time to do it. Yeah, bad time to do it. I was actually here, in, I was in Inverness for a job interview, and then uh, COVID happened. So, yeah.
0: It's funny it, now, when everyone says like 2020, uh, you know, <laughs> people don't even say COVID anymore. It's just like, all right, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I associate yeah. what what went on in, in 2020. You say okay.
1: 2020 and people go, dun, dun, dun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So then, COVID hits, and mm-hmm. then what do you do? Were you in Scotland at the time when when that hit?
1: No, it was, I was back in Denmark. I did. Um, I was a choir director at a musical theatre school, so that was interesting trying to produce, you know, make productions uh, at at the, at that time. Um, and then in twenty twenty one, in the end of twenty twenty one, I started to get organized to move over here, and finally did it in twenty twenty two. So in the beginning I was just here on a visitor visa and then I got my visa for something, something very very posh called a global talent visa for music, mm. uh, and let's just say it was an interesting visa application process, <clears throat> but it got me here. So yeah, and then I've been here since, and quite quickly after got my first job in whiskey uh, at the Johnny Walker Experience. Mm.
0: Which is a great, great spot to be working, I imagine.
1: For a performance artist, for someone who does music and performance for as a living and loves whiskey, that was a perfect combination. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's the, the primary tour is essentially if whiskey was Disney. That's
0: <laughs> beautiful. So so let's chat about how we met and how this all came around. I mean, you, mm. you grabbed my attention because I, I heard someone talk about the, the, the musical that you do. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is witches and whiskey?
1: It whiskey and witches. The other one. I knew I was going to get that. The no. way. No, <laughs> whiskey and witches. Everyone does it.
0: <laughs> so let's chat about that. How did yeah. that all come around? I mean, this is this is this fascinates me when I first heard it. And unfortunately, you were doing it in the the, the Edinburgh Festival, mm-hmm. but I was just crazy busy, and we were chatting about me coming down and checking it out, and I yeah. couldn't make it, unfortunately, which I was gutted about. So tell us a little bit about that and how that all started.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, I, actually, when I. When I came to Scotland in 2019, I went into the whiskey shop in Inverness and had great chats with, uh, with the manager at that time. Um, and I saw that he has a selection of whiskies focused on burns. And I always wanted to take my musical theatre experience and what I've done with Viking Age music and, you know, curating cultural heritage through music is something I've been doing for years. So I wanted to get whiskey into that sphere as well. Hmm. And then... I met this wonderful woman called Jane Ross who owns the Mother Superior Bar in Edinburgh, an absolutely amazing whiskey bar. And then one day I was just walking past and I'd seen on social media that she opened a whiskey bar and I recognised the name. And then I locked eyes with her as I was walking past it. And I just went in and went, I remember you. And she went, I remember you as well. <laughs> so we sat down, had a couple of drams and then I shared this... You know, this idea I had that I want to do something musical, whiskey experience wise. And she said, you know what? I've been thinking about doing something for that bar as well when it comes to that. So let's chat. And we did and got a bit drunk. And best things
0: always come out of drunken chats like that, though, right?
1: Oh, they do. Absolutely. So we're sitting at the bar and chatting away, laughing away. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up to us and says, Ugh. You sound like a bunch Of cackling witches And we just raised our glasses And said Whiskey and witches Brilliant And that worked so well When she was next to me When we say that But um,
0: And that bar's down in Leith Right?
1: It's in Leith in Edinburgh yeah. yeah
0: Yeah yeah That's Only in Leith Would someone come up And say that to Like complete strangers You know It doesn't surprise <laughs> no. me Fucking hell um, Alright so and, and you know This isn't You didn't just just at that point, pick up any instruments and start playing. You were very much trained in music, right? Which I think is yeah. some of what you did within your background. You told me today and I was like, that is fantastic. So can you tell everyone your kind of background with music as well?
1: Of course, yeah. Well, I I, I started playing piano when, I, officially when I was five, but I've got a picture of my granddad uh, with me on his lap when I was about a year and a half at the piano. <laughs> and... Um, We actually found out a couple of years ago that I am the fifth generation of composers in my family. And we come from, well, a lot of my family comes down from Bavaria. So I've been playing music since I was six. I've been singing since I was eight. Went on to specialise in music all the way from high school through university where I studied musicology. And then I, um, when I did my master thesis, I thought what would i be able to stand writing about for about six months so i uh i wrote about how gender identity is depicted in mainstream pop and heavy metal and then how that how that discusses the gendered body both within the genre and the vocal style that they do and then that's something Honestly, when I think about it and talk about it, my way into how I'm doing what I'm doing now is really strange.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I love with everyone's whiskey story or whiskey journey into this. It's always different, right? So it's it's always great to hear people's stories
1: around that. And yeah, I definitely agree. And I think moving over here as well, I've never met so many creative, talented, wonderfully weird people Mm. in one industry alone. Yeah, we, then, did, we get that in Scotland. Yeah. We are a little, we are a little <laughs> bit strange. But then that kind of, you know, that took me into both playing in a heavy metal band for two years in the beginning of my 20s. And then naturally, I don't know if you can say that, I took that into the Viking environment.
0: That's not naturally. That's not a natural progression. No, no. <laughs> I, suppose it, I suppose it is with a long hair, right? I mean, yeah, that kind of fits in a little bit. What, a, what yeah. was your heavy
1: metal band called? Uh, it was called two things. It was called Euphemia first, and then Angelic Storm, yeah. and we still have some some embarrassingly. Poor recordings on YouTube.
0: So if everyone Google's
1: Angelic Storm, Storm
0: they'll see you moshing away. And... What were you doing in the band? Were you?
1: I was the singer, singer, was a singer and a songwriter. Yeah,
0: amazing. And we're we I...
1: talking like heavy, heavy metal here, like hardcore mm. stuff, or oh, symphonic heavy metal. Okay, so kind of mixing my classic because I was classically trained first, mm. and then I moved into uh, musical theater, Judy Garland, jazz, rock. I've I've done. Pretty much all the changers, <laughs> I think.
0: Give it, give us some um, lyrics right now from the heavy metal band.
1: From the heavy metal band. Um, oh, my God. It's You're going, going to have to, to
0: translate this, I suppose, right? Was it, no, it wasn't English. It wasn't English. Okay.
2: Cues the hoping some remember our claymorean streak I remember that. That's good. Cool. <laughs> I like
0: that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I used to be in a band, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was a drummer. So I it was. was a, the, I was the guy that hung out with the musicians, apparently. <laughs> and uh, we we same kind of thing. It was like a rocky rap kind of thing that we did. You know, we went on a little Ooh. tour. We had a record deal and. Really. Yeah. And I had long hair. You had long hair. Yeah. I want to see pictures. No, you don't. I mean- <laughs> it's not. It's not a fun thing. So let's get back to whiskey and witches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've now put Whiskey & Witches in three countries around the world. Yeah. You've done the likes of Fesh Isle, you've done um, Whiskey Festivals. Yeah. What else What's what else have you done? What are the plans?
1: Yeah, well, we did Fesh Isle, Belfast, Whiskey Week, uh, Edinburgh Festival, Fringe, just did Denmark, three shows in Denmark. The other plans are that we've got three shows coming up for December, carols and cocktails, so we're taking a bit of a different spin on it. People have been Wanting us to do a musical or a Disney version of Whiskey and Witches as well. <laughs> so we're thinking about that. <laughs>
0: that could be interesting. Again, I love saying elevator pitch because I'm like, if if you're pitching me right now, you've got 30 seconds. How do you do that on Whiskey and Witches? Uh, whiskey, whiskey and Witches. Right, I need to stop drinking whiskey.
1: <laughs> so an elevator pitch for Whiskey and Witches. Yeah. Is that this is an immersive music. Immersive, wow.
0: Okay, no more whiskey for you. I'm going to take that away, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is an immersive uh, musical whiskey experience where we essentially take five different whiskies from five different regions or of different themes. And then we create bespoke storytelling, story- sometimes with creatures from folklore and myths and legend. And then we tie two songs to each of the whiskeys. And what we've been doing is also tying the history of women in alcohol history into it so alewives Brewsters and the first women in whiskey in there too to kind of bring into to focus how women are essentially still struggling to actually find or to regain our footing within the industry
0: Hmm. very important yeah. We're, we're big fans of that on the show. As you know, we've we've done a lot with the likes of Becky Paskin on here. Yeah, all Talking about it. equality in whiskey, um, you know, and, and, and we're we're big advocates on that. So it's great to have someone on like yourself on the show talking about uh, these kind of subjects.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You've brought your Liar with you. Mm-hmm. Normally, I do have a liar on the show as well, but he's in New York right now sleeping <laughs> in. So, sorry, Nicholas. I'm only joking. You're not a liar. Um, so to explain everyone what a liar is, I'm looking at it right now, and the easiest way I could describe it is: imagine a bottle opener. <laughs> you don't like the handheld. It looks like a handheld bottle opener, I've right? Never thought about that before. Yeah, you, you put the bottle like imagine
1: a, It's it's.
0: It, I mean, it's about two feet long. Um,
1: I will never be able to unsee that.
0: Sorry, <laughs> no worries. But yeah, imagine the bottle opener and the, it's got the the, the the hollow bit in the middle, and mm-hmm. you've got how many strings have we got here? Six, seven? We've got seven, seven strings. On this one, yeah. So this originates from.
1: Well, this one would be kind of like if the kravik lyre and the trussing lyre had a baby. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lyres today are made from different findings that we've got, and the primary. Uh, we'll make this short. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna get edited. I actually, I actually <laughs> do an entire lecture on this. So uh, the primary ones we have, we've got some from Southern Ho, and uh, we've got some from the Nordic countries, some from Germany. This is what you would call a concert lyre. So it has a bit more sound to it. Um, like it resonates quite well, mm-hmm. and it needs to be able to reach out into the room, even if it's unplucked and unamped up. So.
0: Very cool. So, and you're going you're gonna to play a little bit from Whiskey and Witches. Mm-hmm. Um, give us some context as to what you're going to play here.
1: Yeah, so I think I'm going to play the one called Spirit of Gallows Hill. And that is one that usually goes with, um, oh, we did some amazing tastings with an independent bottler called Spirit Filled. We've done that for the past six months. And one of their whiskies is, they've got a line of whiskies called Mythical Beasts. So we kind of wrote a script around that. And this one goes to the one called Nyami Nyami, which is an African water spirit. And then we link that up to Nordic and Celtic water spirits. And the spirit of Gallows Hill is one that I wrote for um, uh, with my band, Jotunger back in Denmark. And it's about that the spirits of nature, they will remember if people didn't act well on their land. And then sometimes the spirits will fight back and sometimes they'll simply disappear. Thank you.
2: I was just just getting into
1: that I was just going to pick up my whiskey and I was enjoying that that was amazing I can give you another bit of it then
0: Uh, It's interesting the way you're playing that I've never seen a lyre played before and, and you actually put your hand behind the strings so obviously yeah. a guitar it would be on top of the strings to move it around, but you're behind it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the way you can do chords when it comes to lyres. Um, so essentially no one will teach you how, or can teach you how to play a lyre. I think within the past five years, because so many of us, especially in the Viking environment, have started picking them up, a lot more people are building them and, and uh, getting into playing them. Uh, but you know what, Rich, if you perhaps... You, you know, you,
0: you've got another first as well. You're the first time that we've had live music on the show. Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah oh. Definitely. So let's go back to Whiskey and Witches. When you write all these stories, what comes first? Is it the music or is it the whiskey? Or is it the stories?
1: When we did the first couple of shows, it was the whiskeys that came first. We decided we wanted five different whiskeys from different regions. But then we also decided we are just going to take four from Scotland, then one from Denmark. So we tied in, because we wanted to tie in the Celtic and Nordic culture. uh, I want to tie that together and show how many similarities we've got. So we had the different whiskies and then we looked into the the creatures of folklore in those regions and what would match up with the whiskies best. And then chose them, wrote the stories. So when I found the creature, I then started looking for the song. Mm. And essentially how it's been so far is that each of the whiskies has... A um a song about a Scottish folk song about the creature, and then one of my own conversations as well. Hmm. So for um, oh perhaps the mermaid's croon is one of my favourite ones. It's one that I usually do with a backing track.
0: You know what you should so, do? You should meet my co-host Nicholas. He's a bit of a creature. Yeah. And he's got some stories. You could definitely <laughs> write a song about him.
1: You think if he just if he just shows up with a bottle of whiskey, I'll just make a whole yeah. thing there. <laughs>
0: So, Christine, let's fast forward five years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, what does Whiskey and Witches look like in your mind? Where do you want to see it? What do you want to do? How, how do you want to expand this to the world?
1: I want to see it in the Royal Albert Hall. I want to see it in the Royal Albert Hall with a full symphony orchestra, with visuals. I want to see it with lights, with fireworks. Um, I don't really see an end to this because what Whiskey and Witches is all about is that allowing you, giving you time to immerse yourself in the soil and the soul of which the liquid is born. That's what it's all about. Love that. And we just want to elevate that, you know, the best way we can. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And honestly, it doesn't need to be in a full concert hall. It can also be an intimate concert in a grove somewhere in the summer. But it's all about making that connection between the land the liquid and the people enjoying it and elevating that through music and storytelling. That's what I want to do.
0: And, and when you look at liquid for this, mm-hmm. are you actively going to uh, whiskey companies right now to say, are you guys interested in this? Like, how how is that working for you at the moment with, with the tie-in on whiskey?
1: Well, that's uh, that's what we've done so far. And that's also, the way we started working with Spiritfield was that their brand ambassador came to an event and then went up to us afterwards and said, we want to work with you. So We've been working with Spirit Filled for the past six months, and then we but we're always looking for for new distilleries to hook up with for exciting independent bottlers. What we want is someone who's doing something that is maybe a bit out of the ordinary that we can make a spin on in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also all about supporting small distilleries, small businesses, um, and newcomers in the whiskey industry to not to say we wouldn't be closed off to any kind of collaboration it just has to spirit wise <laughs> both internally yeah. and in liquid makes sense Yeah. but we are so for the corporate events we're doing we have coming up we're focusing on small distilleries and independent bottlers
0: very cool yeah. Very nice. Okay, so we're coming to the end of this. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much for being on the show. But before we go, uh, plug for Whiskey and Witches and yourself. Where can people find you? Where can they come and see your show?
1: So Whiskey and Witches, we've got three shows coming up in December called Cocktails and Carols. And for myself right now, I'm actually uh, very excited to say that I'm currently recording my debut solo album, which is a symphonic fusion between Nordic and Celtic folk music. Mm. And I have a fundraiser going at the moment to to make that happen. And um, you can find me on Instagram, christine.camera. And camera is K-A-M-M-E-R-E-R.
0: Good luck with the, with the solo album. Um, thank you. Good luck with Whiskey and Witch is amazing to have something so different on the show. You know, we've never had anything like this on the show before. So a real pleasure to, to sit here with you. Would you like to play us out with a, a little tune?
1: I could definitely do that. And I also want to say, Mitch, thank you so much for having me on here. It is it's such a pleasure being here.
2: your wondrous to Oh, mm-hmm. pressed against a tree. Mine is not
0: actually made me quite emotional.